In this episode, I got to talk with Roger Luo, the creator of Yao, which is, as far as I know, the only quantum computing package written in and for Julia. We recorded this a while ago, so there might be some slightly dated references. Uh, Yao moves fast. With that said, this should still be interesting and informative, so take it away, me from the past. Okay, so I have with me today Roger Luo, who is one of the core developers of Yao. Um, Roger, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, so we're gonna jump into all of the work that you've done with Yao, uh, maybe some of your some of your other interests and your other work. Um, but before we get to all that, could you give us a bit of your background, um, how you got interested in quantum computing, and how you got interested in um, writing your own quantum library? All right, um, it is kind of a long story. In some sort, in some sense, so I was uh, uh, I started my first undergrad research project in nuclear fusion, and then the, all my friends uh, suddenly started doing quantum information from I forget which semester it was, but from a certain year, and I was like, okay, they are doing, it looks cool, and I want to try, I want to see what it looks like, so I. Uh, so I started uh, I started doing some quantum related projects with my undergrad friends, and then I just started doing quantum computing uh, somehow afterwards. Um, but I don't actually did much quantum computing in my undergrad. I, I started with quantum antibody physics, which which is more condensed matter. Um, so at that time, uh, some people might know Giuseppe Calio. So he published the first paper on nature about uh, uh, variational, uh, uh, well, actually neural network quantum ansatz or neural network quantum states. Um, and actually, I start with my uh, whole journey by following that paper. And I, I wanted to implement that with PyTorch. So that, that was the very first year when PyTorch 0.0 was released. Uh, and it turns out PyTorch doesn't have complex number and I can't implement ID, my own idea. So I uh, I was like, okay, I'm I, I probably just gonna build my own tensor library um, to implement my own idea. Um, and then, uh, and then I had this visa. So then I ha- I graduated. I had this visa issue of my PhD uh, program. So I was going to Australia uh, to do my PhD with Stephen Flamian, who is now in Amazon. Uh, so I I was kind of hanging out in Beijing neighborhood for like more than a year. And fortunately, uh, Professor Lei Wang and Pan Zhang found me a position and that uh, so I started there and I write my uh, tensor library at the beginning in C++ with Python and uh, as well as some lattice uh, lattice code uh, and the version of quantum Carlo. so some so this is uh, a kind of uh, algorithm to calculate for example ground state of a many body system um, and then there was a day I just, so I, I started using Julia like back in 2015, but I actually 
give it up um, like uh, after I tried it for one year because back that time it was so on major. Uh, but I think it was 2018. So I heard rumors it's going to be 1.0. And I was like, okay, maybe yeah. I, I, uh, so, cause, cause there was one day I started, uh, get frustrated writing my C++ code. So I, um, so, so I was like, okay, I, maybe I, I can give it a try. And I just write, uh, rewrite the thing with Julia and it turns out to be equivalently fast as my C++ code which I opt actually optimized for a week. So then uh, I start advocating Jula in the Institute. Uh, and then comes my collaborator, Jing Guo. I was trying to persuade him uh, from uh, Julia is better than Python. You should use Julia. Uh, he was working on a, a quantum, quantum machine learning project, uh, which is the quantum circuit board machine. So, um, so he doesn't really believe me at that time. So, so I was like, so he was like, okay, if, if, if we can write a better quantum simulator than the Python version, then I, I will believe you. So that's the very starting point of y'all. Um, so at the beginning, it is really just a, a simulator, but uh, we, we add more and more features to this thing. But to be honest, my whole journey is mainly because PyTorch doesn't supply, uh, support complex numbers. Uh, that's my very beginning of all this software development stuff. Well, that's the beginning of software development. But um, you started. You said you started getting into quantum, moving away from um, nuclear physics. Were you always interested in like the computational aspect, or what part of um, nuclear physics were you interested in? Oh yeah, I f I forget actually forgot to mention that. So I was my first research project. I was in a, actually in a, a computational physics team. Uh, so we bas so basically what we do is just writing some numerical simulation code in C++ to simulate the nuclear fusion in the Tokamak device. If you, if you haven't heard Tokamak, it's uh, some sort of uh, uh, device containing the plasma uh, with a magnetic field. Yeah, I believe there's a going to be a, a big one that's starting up in Europe called um, ITER or ITER. Uh, yeah, ITER. It's a it's a big. I haven't fo followed this field for quite a few years. I, I think the start of, uh, I think people start planning it many years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that that's cool. And you started mentioning a little bit about what Yao is, and that it's a uh, it's a library for simulating um, quantum circuits. But could you give us a, a I guess a, a broader overview for people who haven't listened to this podcast before or don't know what Yao is? What what is Yao? Right. So uh, at the beginning, Yao is just a simulator, but uh, now it says uh, it has a lot a lot more. It has simulator, it has uh, uh, AD automatic differentiation engine uh, designed for quantum circuits, and it has parsers parsing open chasm or, um, or parsing IBM, uh, uh, IBM has an object for their hardware called QObject. 
uh, and um, there's uh, ZAS calculus for simplifying quantum circuits. Uh, so I don't want to, to list all, uh, all the components. That's going to be too much. Uh, so I would say Yo is more now more like uh, uh, organization or meta project. Uh, and there's other people get involved. And uh, um, the goal is to developing an ecosystem for quantum computing in the Julek programming language. Okay. And why, why uh, you mentioned that this started with quantum machine learning and you couldn't use complex numbers, um, but is there a reason to use Yao um, for just normal uh, quantum computing rather than uh, as opposed to quantum machine learning over things like Qiskit or Circ or Force or Silk or PyQuil or any of these other uh, frameworks out there? Uh, so I I would say um, it really depends on the specific task. So we, uh, we were uh, so initially we had uh, uh, the fattest AD engine and the simulator. But recent, uh, that was like one or two years ago. Uh, I think I believe in past year there's uh, many other new simulators or new improvements in other libraries as well. Um, so first of all, uh, we we kind of focus on the Julia programming language instead of Python. Uh, so if you're a fan of Julia, then uh, this is the thing you should use. Uh, on the other hand, uh, we we kind of focus more on researching stuff, uh, education, or other uh, aspects. So uh, for certain research topics, Yao is probably better. Uh, and for certain other research topics, uh, you pr- you probably prefer other other tools. Um, so I can't give you a very clear. Uh, answer, but uh, you can look at the benchmark, uh, you can look at what features we have, um, and then uh, decide on your own. Um, and on the other hand, uh, our uh, I, th- I think most people ma- uh, mention our full-state full quantum simulator. Uh, it's one of the flattest ones, uh, as we, uh, we showed in the benchmark. So if you care about your simulation speed and you want uh, some generic um, programming, so this is one of the uh, most important feature of Yale that it supports generic types. So it does. Uh, it mean, uh, so what does this mean? It means uh, uh, our simulator does uh, does not only support floating points. Suppose you define your own algebra or your own uh, floating point number or some other weird number, you can just put it in and it will, it will run for you. How does that work? How, uh, what Maybe could you give an, a, like a concrete example of something other than a floating point number that you'd put in there? So for example, my collaborator used uh, our, our simulator uh, as a tensor network contraction engine. Uh, and... Uh, his special tensor network is now does not use floating point, but use something called tropical numbers. The tropical numbers follow a specific algebra called tropical algebra. Uh, it uh, it allows you to calculate, for example, the ground style for uh, AC model or 
uh, calculate some optimization problem directly using tensor contraction. So uh, it's it usually hard to uh, implement uh, this directly with BLAS because BLAS doesn't support uh, this type of algebra because it was co uh, it was hard coded for floating point number, uh, but but it, uh, he cannot just change the number type to tropical number and run the simulator. That's only uh, like fifty lines of code, and he get get everything work. That's cool. Yeah, I uh, have to look more into that and find out more about. Tropical numbers, that sounds interesting. Um, one of the questions I wanted to ask, you mentioned um, a couple couple answers ago that uh, one of the use cases for Yao was uh, education. Um, so my question is, it, is it just as easy to use Yao for learning quantum computing and education as compared to something like um, Qiskit or Circ? Uh, so I... I... I think I, I need to admit that our tutorial isn't as good as for, say, uh, Qiskit or uh, other these companies. Uh, more, to, to me, it's more like a company product. Um, so, uh, but we do have some tutorial that teach you from uh, scratch about quantum computing. Uh, I also had uh, a blog post teaching you how to write your own quantum circuit a simulator from scratch. Um, so we have, uh, and on the other hand, because the whole code base is written in Jewel language, if someone want, actually wants to learn how things works, uh, they can just read the source code. It should be fairly readable comparing to C++. Yeah, definitely. And it's nice that you get uh, pretty much the same performance as compared to C++ with Julia. Yes. Yeah. Uh, how I, maybe the, I don't know if you'd uh, have a, a good answer to this, but if somebody knows, uh, let's say Python already, how how big is the learning curve to then learn Julia after that? So for me, I feel, uh, I wasn't sure if it's true for everybody, but if you don't care about the, you know, very advanced features, just, you know, use it. Uh, it it's kind of, you can start using it within a day. Because if it's, uh, the syntax is similar, uh, the conventions are similar, except one-based indexing. Oh. <laughs> I Yeah. Uh, I didn't realize that Julie had uh, one, like, as in uh, the first index in a list is one rather than zero. Yeah, because uh, uh, I think most uh, most people in Julia community or, and, and the early, uh, especially the early population of the community ca uh, mainly came from Fortran and MATLAB. So uh, w when people vote for one-based indexing or zero-based indexing, most people at that period vote for one. And, and after 1.0, it, it's already settled. Everything is built on this convention. So uh, I would say just go with it. Do you ha do you have a preference? If you if you could wave a magic wand, would you change it to zero based indexing? So Julia supports uh, changing the indexing. So it supports you. To, uh, actually, uh, 
uh, Fortran also supports changing the indexing. So, uh, so in Julia, you can, if if you really like it, or there's uh, something preventing you, for for example, your memory, you're, you're managing some memory, and you prefer offset as the convention, uh, you can change it to zero based or, uh, or there's uh, even a troll package uh, called random based indexing. Um, so, so you can do whatever you like. Uh, that's for sure. Um, so, to me, uh, the most important part is to be consistent on the conventions. That's the most important part. So, I don't really have a preference. Fair enough. So, is is the Yao code base zero or one index? Uh, it's based on one. That's uh, that's for sure. We want to be consistent with the whole ecosystem. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, I I've got a, a question that I I came up with after watching um, you give a, a Q hack talk um, and you talked about um, Yao and this this quantum blocks intermediate representation and then also ZX calculus and it seemed like there was a connection between all of them um, but I didn't quite understand the relationship there so maybe if you could elaborate a little bit more on um, what what is the connection between uh, this quantum blocks and ZX calculus and Yao that'd be great uh, so, uh, so at the beginning, after you have the simulation, if you want to do, for example, automatic differentiation, or for example, uh, compile your your quantum program to something else, you will need an intermediate representation that represents the whole program. Um, so, uh, your blocks is the very first uh, design of our IR intermediate representation. Um, and we, uh, it's also the current stable IR we, we have been using. Uh, and it supports, for example, our symbolic calculation and our uh, automatic differentiation. Um, and, um, and for ZX calculus, it's something we uh, start doing after uh, in, in our in a Google Summer of Code project. So I mentored uh, Chen Zhao. Uh, he he implemented. Uh, I was his mentor. Um, and then we uh, so one of the goal uh, one of the goal of the ZS calculus package is to um, to be able to simplify the quantum circuit we programmed by discovering the Clifford uh, structure of your uh, circuit and then uh, try to remove these polynomial components as much as possible. Uh, but I, I need to mention that uh, ZS calculus is still a heuristic method, so it doesn't guarantee it always simplifies your circuit program. Uh, we're also planning to work on another uh, project uh, representation called QOM. Uh, it uses a topological uh, representation. So, for example, it uh, it uh, transforms your quantum circuit into string and knots. And then the problem of simplifying the quantum circuit be becomes uh, how to disentangle the string, uh, string and nodes finding uh, these uh, uh, genesis in your uh, string node diagram. Um, so, which is also interesting in terms of just physics. Um, and uh, but these two are still heuristic. So we are also planning to do something called a graph. Um, eGraph is uh, uh, came from uh, is something uh, I think 
uh, became quite popular recently, at least in Julia community. Uh, there's a new package called Meta Theory, implements the eGraph uh, engine. Um, and uh, and then we uh, this allows us to code some uh, handwritten rules to simplify the circuit directly on this uh, on our yaw block uh, representation. Um, but however, at some point, uh, the yaw block intermediate resolution will retire um, because we are moving to a, a better IR that handles hybrid program, which means. Uh, your quantum program mixed with uh, some classical control flow or a classical program. Um, but, this, but, so, but, the, but the soul of this uh, yaw block representation still, uh, still stays inside the new IR, uh, which is the, which you actually, uh, if, if you learn about, for example, Haskell before, it's actually some sort of algebra data lab. So, okay. If I'm understanding correctly, quantum blocks IR is first first generation of intermediate representation, and ZX calculus, and then this other um, the the knots the topological. Um, QOM. What, what was that? QOM. Okay. Uh, QOM. Yeah, QOM. It's like uh, you you have these particles and ending with. Um, oh, okay. Okay, so Q U O N is that how you spell it? Yeah. Okay. Um, so those are tools that um, then you use to take the intermediate representation and then um, simplify the circuit. Uh, is that correct? Yes. Okay. Cool. Um, awesome. Uh, another question that I had, uh, not really related to this, is um, what's the difference between I, I've seen. Yaolang, and then also the just the package yao.jl um, in the the yao organization. Um, what what's the difference between those two? So yao.jl is actually a meta package now. If you look into the code, it doesn't contain anything. It just uh, uh, imports a bunch of component package and re-export them. Um, and yaolang is. Uh, uh, is the new front end for this new IR, the next generation IR, um, and uh, well, so Yolan, the uh, the goal of Yolan is actually compile uh, to extend the native Julia language with uh, a little bit new semantics for the quantum program, but we try to uh, stay the same with Julia itself so that you don't have to learn a new language. And then we compile the whole thing using this new IR uh, using uh, YAL compiler. This is also a new project uh, to, for example, to IBM's hardware or to OpenCASM or to AWS uh, or to Tesla Network, depends on what your compile target is. Okay, interesting. So. In that case, yes. So, so Yao Lan when uh, when Yao Lan become major, uh, and, and publicly the API, the public API becomes stable, it will goes into Yao. So, so for the users uh, and who, for for who only wants to use a stable uh, API, 
you only need to remember just uh, use yell.jl. You don't need to care about other things. Okay, fair enough. Is the goal there, you said to extend the Julia language itself. Um, is, yes. is that anything that you're going to merge into upstream Julia or uh, yeah, how does that work? Right. So th this is actually also a very new thing to the whole Ju Julia community. Uh, so we are recently initiated, we recently initiated, uh, uh, so the community recently initiates this uh, uh, new project about compil writing compiler plugins. Uh, what you see to uh, formalize the compiler plugin as uh, a standard API. Uh, but before this happens, actually, uh, in the pre uh, starting from the pre 1.0 uh, era, there has been a lot of work goes into the Julia compiler to make it possible to write a package that implements the compiler plugin. Uh, so it extends the Julia syntax, it extends the Julia own compiler. For example, the uh, the CUDA support, which compiles Julia to GPU, is actually a compiler plugin in an external uh, package. So the YAL compiler is actually uh, is actually using the exactly same approach of the GPU compiler. It is uh, a dynamic uh, just-in-time compiler for uh, quantum quantum programs instead of the GPU programs. Uh, actually, you can even find the dependency of uh, of the GPU compiler. Uh, that that is because we haven't split out the uh, two chain from the GPU compiler side. Interesting, huh? Okay, so it won't it won't be merged into overall Julia. It'll just be its own package that, when you uh, I guess install on your computer and um, give give the uh, the I guess the the uh, official mainstream Julia compiler some pointer to it, you can use that that plugin um, and use Yao syntax yes. in your in your normal programs. Yes, um, and we only extend a few syntax. So, so if you look at the syntax, it's mostly just Julia. What what um, what sort of syntax would you be extending, and and why? Uh, so, so first of all, you need a marker, which is just a Julia macro, to say, okay, this function is going to be my kernel function. I want to run it on a remote machine. Right, uh, and then you need uh, uh, you, you need a, a, a few intrinsic. So we we treat a few functions. Well, so it doesn't it still does it still isn't new syntax. It's just uh, some special function call, and these functions are treated as intrinsic function to to for example apply a gate, do a measurement, or uh, do an, an expectation. So these are still uh, just intrinsics. Um, and I have to say this uh, this uh, this set of intrinsics is not stable yet. It, uh, it's, it is very likely to grow because in the future when we support pulse programming or other kind of uh, features, it, it is very likely to be growing. Um, but we try to implement uh, some syntax sugar so you don't have to uh, write some complicated function calls over and over again. 
Um, so that's it. And, and the rest are just normal Julia. Uh, you just you just program as how you use Julia. You don't have to remember any other things. Uh, this kind of simplifies our API of the current stable IR of uh, your blocks. Um, so if you, if you compare with some programs, you find uh, the new one is much simpler, um, but also, uh, but the user uh, need to care about less things means uh, on the compiler side, we need to be smarter. So it, it will take much more time and uh, uh, to be major stable. Yeah, fair enough. Well, I I want to ask, what is it? What's it like maintaining an open source package for the the quantum computing community? Uh, how much time? I know that right before this this uh, this recording, you were on a call for Yao. How much time do you spend on it? Uh, I would see. Um... It kind of depends because some of the projects are actually my own research project. Um, and the motivation of YAL is that it begins with really serve as a, a tool for ourselves, but we share it open source so other people can also use it. So uh, I think that this model is quite different from an open source project from a company because we don't really uh, have the responsibility to uh, for example, uh, to give user feedbacks or implement something for the user. But if you use open source project to as a service for your user as a company, then you have to um, spend more time on this type of thing. So for myself, uh, uh, I occasionally answer questions on the discourse. Uh, that doesn't take much time usually. Uh, and uh, the Yaw compiler is actually a part of uh, one of my research projects, so I spend, uh, it kind of depends. So usually one, two days per week or three uh, three days, but it also fluctuates. It depends. Sometimes I spend a whole week on it. And what are you working on uh, outside of Yaw? Uh, so so I, I, I currently actually... Um, part-time at uh, a quantum computing company called Kiara. Um, and we worked on some uh, uh, some projects with Reaper system. Um, so I can't see what exactly it is because that's going to violate my NDA. But uh, uh, there will be some papers coming out soon this summer. Um, also, in the future, I was hope uh, I'm hoping y'all can be plugging to lower level power instead of just calling an hour API. So we're also working towards that direction as a, a research project, uh, which is in collaboration with the Geo Lab in MIT. Uh, but the MIT folks have a larger picture than me. Uh, they they want to compile Julia to arbitrary device. Um, so, so they are more ambitious than me, but uh, I guess I'm a small part of uh, their big project. Cool. Uh, if if I wanted to get started helping out with uh, Yao, um, let's say I'm a developer, I know a little bit of Julia enough to be dangerous. Um, how could I? Where should I go to help out with that? 
So usually, I would suggest to start with, uh, for example, adding doc strings. Uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure our doc documentation is pretty bad at the moment. Um, and uh, on the other hand, uh, tr try to be a user first, and then you'll find the uh, problems, and then you can submit PR. And even the PR is uh, uh, is not well written, we can still help you to get get uh, get it polish it or get it work, or we can just tell you how to do it if you you want to do it. Uh, and if you're still students, you can join the Summer of Code program. So we are uh, we're in Google Summer of Code, Julia Summer of Code, and there's also uh, I forget the program. There's also another. Uh, program which uh, which pays a lot uh, this summer. Uh, but anyway, there's a bunch of summer of code projects. Uh, we uh, we are part of it every year. So you uh, so usually students will start with um, contacting us first, um, and we can see uh, if there's any good up uh, good idea, good project idea that you can work in the summer. And then if you get one of the people uh, interested as your mentor, mentor, then uh, you can submit a proposal to the to, to apply for the Summer of Code project and, and also get paid. That's awesome. Okay, so last three questions that I ask every guest. First one is, uh, what do you see as the biggest problem in quantum computing right now? Um, so the part... The the biggest problem I think uh, one is finding applications. Uh, the other is better control algorithms and better uh, hardware controllers. Um, so this is the two biggest problem I believe. Okay, um, and what do you see as the biggest promise um, or biggest potential outcome from quantum computing in the next five to ten years? Uh, it's 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 quite hard to predict. I would say. Um, so if you if you say recently, I would say uh, most people are working on some intermediate uh, intermediate implementable questions like optimizations um, or solving some specific uh, op uh, optimization problem like uh, satisfy problem, maximum independence problem, etc. So these potentially can create applications, but it's still unclear uh, how much, it, how large is the market, or or how how useful is this this is gonna be. Fair enough. Uh, and where can people find out more about you and Yao and uh, what you're working on? Uh, so if 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 you're interesting, if you want to know what I'm working on. On the software side, you can follow my GitHub, I guess, because um, I basically do, I'm doing commits on GitHub every day. Um, and uh, if you're interested in myself, I have a website, rajalaw.dev, and you, can, you will find the link to my blog posts, to my packages, um, to my social media, or whatever you want to know. It's all, all there. Okay. Uh, Roger, this has been awesome. Thanks for teaching me about Yao and answering my questions. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. No problem. Thanks for inviting me again.
Alright, I haven't gotten any questions or corrections, but I did get a ton of nice, positive comments, so thank you everyone who sent those in. Got a message from Andrea saying, Great job on the podcast, man. Your casual sarcasm always makes me lol. Uh, Sanket said, Hi, Ethan. Just started listening to your podcast on Quantum Computing Now. Finished six episodes so far. Gives a really nice insight for a beginner like me. Keep up the good work. Uh, David sent me a message uh, saying that he just finished the last episode. Glad that I'm back. Thank you. Uh, and some more interesting uh, stuff about David's background. The show is great. I hope you keep it up. Your passion for this space comes through, and I think you're capturing a unique moment in the arc of this story. Thank you very much, David. And I also got a voice message from Simon. I'll go ahead and play it right now. Hey, Ethan. Simon from Singapore here again. Uh, how's it going? Great to see some new uh, content out in October of 2021. It's going for a run and listening to that. And thanks for the little shout-out at the end from the email from a few months ago. That was great. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think I finished all 40 of your podcasts. And yet again, I was like, yeah, the content is awesome. Uh, you've, you teach a lot about the basic concepts of quantum computing, but I've also learned a lot about the uh, learning resources uh, that are out there and um, the business side, which is something I'm interested in as well. Uh, the most recent interview that you had with Itamar Sivan, in particular, I like the comparison that he did between classical, classical and quantum in that classical computing, the bits are the data that is going through the gates, which are the hardware, but for quantum, it's kind of the other way around, other than optic, uh, other than photonics, where you've got the quantum bits are like the hardware, but the gates are being sent through as the data using pulses or waves. That was kind of a trippy realization as I visualized that in my head. Uh, I didn't know that you had just become a college student. Uh, I thought you were already into your second or third year. Best of luck for the future with that. Good luck, and please keep up the good work. Cheers. So thank you all for the encouragement. I read all of your messages, and I really appreciate it. If you have sent me a message and I didn't get it for some reason and I haven't like responded, try a different platform. If you want to reach out to me uh, because I missed a message or you want to just send me a new one, you can do it on email, minds, or anchor voice message. Uh, one Ethan Hansen at Proton Mail is my email. I'm on Minds at One Ethan Hansen, and you can find links to send me an anchor voice message in the show notes. Speaking of show notes, as per our usual arrangement, there are links in those show notes for everything from Yao itself to Roger's website to the That's Cool News episode, which featured the ITER project. ITER? I don't know how to pronounce it still. If you would like to support me so that I can make more and better episodes, please support me on Anchor. There's a link to that in the show notes. Or you can send me some crypto. I've got addresses for the crypto that I accept in the show notes as well. Thank you to the person who sent me some Ethereum. You know who you are. Really appreciate it. Thank you for listening, and I'll have the next episode out when I get to it.